It's a funny coincidence, but I'm rereading a certain book, and I figured I would do a little reading series for our cold open from page 100. Oh, boy. I think it's thematically fitting to, to what you and I are going through here, so keep that in mind. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. My bones are ringing the way sometimes people say their ears are ringing. I'm so tired. I'm waiting till the last pops- possible second to even breathe. I'm not expanding the cage till the driven, till driven by necessity of air. I'm so tired, it's all out of tired's word range, Pemulus says. Tired just doesn't do it. Exhausted, shot, depleted. Beat, worn the heck out, worn the fuck all out is more like. Rung dry, whacked, tuckered out, more dead than alive. Not even close come the words. Word inflation, Stice says. Why are you reading The World's Doorstop again? <laughs> It's not a. It's not the type of book you have a firm memory for, you know, because it's sort of like, um, it's sort of drawing the map for you as well as the territory simultaneously. So by the time you get to the end, you're like, oh, I need to read that again, but you never do because it's a thousand pages long. So the second time through, I'm having a better experience because I already have sort of a baseline for what's going on plot wise. You're turning into one of those people who rereads Harry Potter. No, I'm not turning into that. Give me a fucking break. This is only the second time I've ever read it. People reread this book, Infinite mm, Jest. It's not that weird. Or do they say they re- reread it after they've talked to someone who's read it once and they're like, oh no, someone's cashing in on my cachet. Well, I'm reading it again. People oh, claim oh, to have oh. read it. People claim to have reread it, but I'm actually, you know, I'm actually going to be a rereader of it. I'm really enjoying it. I mean,. Yeah, given the state of your beard, it looks like you're rereading it. Because what the fuck, what kind of homelessness is going on here on this day? What is this? Are you really making fun of me for my beard? Does it really look that bad? It's the you first. Have, like this, like soul patch above your lip that's very dark and very strange. It's very distracting. <laughs> I'm like looking at. It, I'm like, you might need to see a doctor. I don't know. What well, that I'm is. a little. I'm a little self conscious about it because I've never really tried to grow a beard in earnest before. I've always been a stubble guy. You know. And, um, but lately I was thinking, uh, I might as well just try to go for it because it used to grow in really puby, but it starts to stay straighter now, the hairs. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been giving it about a month. I don't think I've shaved in a month except for my neck here and it's coming in all right, but it's sort of stalled out at a certain point. So, yeah, you know, I I would appreciate if you didn't comment on it and say it looked dirty I mean, with the, like, heat of the room, if aforementioned heat of the room, and then the, like, varying topography going on, it's giving me uh, dastardly do-right vibes in, in a very strange way, you know? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Like, my, my mustache and my little goatee kind of grow in, like, a three musketeers. Very strange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, am I, like, I might be very tired, but I'm like, something is a <laughs> 
Uh, there's a name for that type of hairstyle. What do they call that? Oh, it's called a Van Dyke normally. If you have no beard and you have my style of mustache and goatee, it's referred to as a Van Dyke. But I just have a Van Dyke surrounded by, by, you know, patchy youthful beard, and it looks kind of weird. I would agree. Nothing connects, I mean, in other words, for the for the listener. Yeah, Nothing yeah, connects yeah. around my mouth. There are distinct units of hair. Yeah, you've got Pangea, Pangea, Pangea going yeah, around there, yeah, like you know, Pangea. like right, uh, right, right. Once the uh, the split is starting, you know, we've got a lot of rivers, a lot of lakes, a lot of waterfalls that you're used to. Um, uh, yeah, just don't go forming. chasing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Well, so I don't know. I I'm not committed to it. I might shave it terrible, off. Terrible, terrible time of year to be like. You know what I want? More hair. It is really, truly a bad choice. I know. I've started the, to experience it's that. It's going to start to get itchy and the beer long beard in the summer is disgusting. Yeah, cuz you can just feel it on your face and you're like, "Oh, I understand. Ugh. I'm not going to let it grow to like absurd lengths, you know. Eventually I'll take like a number 4 or a number 5 and I'll trim it down, but it's just not there yet. It's not long enough for me to do that." Yeah, it is. Um, for a four. You know, maybe for a four, but, you know, I, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is I'm just trying to let it get substantial first. I'm trying to let it fill in a little bit, and then yeah, I'll take to grooming it that's why you got to shave it, it down a little bit so it causes regrowth. Oh, really? That's how you do it? You don't just grow Not it straight Not an urban out. myth. It's mm. real. Oh, I did, think back th- ho- I did think that was sort of an urban myth, that hair grows comes back, back faster. coarser, comes back thicker. Okay. Well, I'll take that under advisement. This is why, like, you know, the the con of, like, teaching young people to, like, shave, like, when they just have, like, baby hair. It's like, you know, it's not, you know, if, you know, if you want to, you know, jumpstart the process, you should just start, you know, getting rid of that. And this is why, like, if you, like, wax your unibrow, it just comes back stronger and angrier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good to know. I mean, I don't know. I was just saying earlier, I'm not that committed to the beard, though. I was thinking earlier today that I might shave it off completely. Not down to clean shaven, but back to my normal stubble because it's getting to the point where I can kind of feel it on my lips. Ugh, disgusting. I don't like that at all. Um, the flavor saver effect is terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. I can feel the mustache. When you can go like this and like comb them in, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, I'm doing that right now. Ugh. Ooh, that's ASMR, like just the knowing the feeling. Ugh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Yeah, also um, it requires... Um, the thing was, I wanted to do it because I was feeling kind of lazy and I was having to shave a lot for whatever reason. Maybe, I don't know, maybe my hair is just growing faster in my old age or whatever, but I was having to do my stubble a lot more than I used to have to do. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just go beard. But now you have the whole problem of having to do your neck all the time. Yeah. Which then causes a similar cycle of like, now the neck grows fast and I have to do the neck every two days. And uh-huh. I don't like that at all. I would rather just do all of it, you know while I have the thing out and while I'm making a mess rather than just do part of it and still make a mess anyway. It doesn't really solve any of my, my hygiene or cleanliness problems. you're having problems. like a high estrogen moment. High estrogen? Why? Yeah, that causes hair growth. It does? Well, like, you know, when you have, or is it high? Because if you have high testosterone, you lose you lose your hair. It all just like goes away. Well, I've never had that problem. So I doubt I'm high T. In other words, I've probably always been an estrogenized man. Okay, well, welcome to Green. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, how, how, uh, how do we solve a problem like a hundred episodes? 
I don't know. I think we should just acknowledge it and have a normal episode. I mean, we had a little... <laughs> I did my homework, you mother... <laughs> oh, did you? Did you? I did I did it, too. I did it, too. I'm, I missed one of my assignments, but I did most of it. I did some skipping because one of them was a bad episode, and I was like, I don't really feel like listening to <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. I think that's fine. You, you know, I sympathize with that completely. I was like, no, hard pass on this. I just don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, like, go ahead. I was just going to say, you, you start to realize, like, there's a, a reason why you return to certain, like, media properties or episodes of TV. And, like, you know how, like, you know, you know, you know them well enough that you're like, oh, that one we can just, no one needs to watch that one. You know, like, right. you can kind of, even if you don't know the names of episodes, you know somehow in the first like even while the credits are still going, you're like, mm, not this one. This is not the one. Like you can just be like, mm, this just next. happened to me in no, my thank you. in my rewatch of Louie because that show gets more serialized as it goes on. In other words, there's like multi episode arcs at a certain point, and there's fewer one off episodes. So occasionally a one off episode would come up, and I'd be like, oh, this is the one where he goes to the dentist and meets Osama bin Laden in a dream. Not very funny. Skip. You know. Mm. I don't even remember like what the point of the episode was. I just remember it doesn't tie in and you don't really need it for continuity purposes. So I'd rather just get to the meat of it. Was that Robin Williams's last televisual appearance? I just watched that episode and I thought the same thing. I did not check, but it had to have been pretty close because he died in 2014, I want to say. And the season of Louie that he was in was 2013. So it. M- I thought he died in like 2016. No, no. He died in, he died in 2014. Huh. Um, as did Philip Seymour Hoffman. Unbelievably, both of those two towering legends died that long ago. Okay, we're just gonna skip that part. But uh, <laughs> heroin, hell of a drug. Um, you know, and cocaine a lot. Both. I don't know. Is it both? It might be both. In Phil's case, as I call him, Phil. <laughs> Your close personal friend, Philip Seymour My close Hoffman. Phil- personal friend, Phil Hoffman. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I get mixed up with his drug abuse because there was a movie where he huffed gas. And so I always conflate that with real life Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I think that was just a movie character. I think in real life it was just heroin. Yeah, I don't I think yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he was like doing whippets. No. You know, I could be wrong. Yeah, it starts out with whippets. Sometimes whippets, you know, they're a gateway drug. Take a turn. <laughs> <laughs> take a turn and then you're like mm, not enough carbon monoxide in this one mm-hmm. i'll tell you a sad sad story about whippets on the after show but not now well, how can there be i will i will save my my diatribe but the question will remain how can anyone have be sad with whippets think of the name well, unless you're talking about a dog that gets run over and then those are also ugly dogs oh jesus yeah those are like the little slender skinny ones that they look like the racing dogs, but they're smaller. Yeah, they're like shrunken greyhounds. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Great. Ugh. Anyway, you were saying, Gangly you know. little fucks. So there's um, times when you revisit things, and then there's times when you don't. And you, ha- you had one of your assigned episodes was uh, not revisitable. Sh- by the way, should we tell the listener what we're talking about, what we're going to do for episode 100 no. in this introduction? Why? Okay. Th- they're smart people. They'll figure it out. I don't think they will. We're not good at explaining. Uh- I'm delightful at explaining. I just do it too long and too late. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your plan That's, is that we that just go on many... here not explaining what we're talking about. And get to it around minute mm, 17, probably. Which we're coming up on. We have five more minutes to be circuitous. Okay. 
Or we could just get on with it. Yeah, I don't know. It's up to you, man. I, I was kind of letting you take the lead of the introduction. You're the one that alluded to it and then rejected my uh, need for exposition. Now you just want to yeah, continue I, to I'm allude. just feeling contrary. I was in a good mood all day, and now I'm like, I got my Why like, is it when you get net? on the phone with me, you want to be contrary to me now? You, you're in a good mood all day, and the first thing that happens is I haven't seen you in a week, and now you just want to be a dick. Now I'm ready to fight. Jesus you know? Christ. I was I was having a good well it's because you know again I didn't get to fully enjoy my night nap this is like you know I, I really wanted to slip in to like a good tenor just like fall asleep let phone drop onto chest and just like wake up 10 minutes later and be like needed that you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know I don't have a lot of that might be why you. as we've discussed ad nauseum I am not a napper I don't care about napping I don't understand uh its validity you know, I can't. If you want to just be rude because you didn't get a nap, I'll just accept it, and I, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> Have you ever met a small child who is miss who missed their nap time? No, that's what it reminds me of the most. You know, yeah, you. <laughs> it's <laughs> baby Will. Baby I have Will indeed. Had only... I've spent a lot of time with small children that I'm related to, and you know, even though I have to love them, I come close to strangulation. But with you, you're lucky you're virtual right now because it's pissing me off. <laughs> I'm shimmying in in the virtual space. Um, no, I you know, yeah, I don't know why I was like in a like woo mood, and then I was like woo, you know, the balloon deflates. You're like, okay, we're back in real life. We're you know, we punched out at Disney World. You know, you take the little mouse ears off, and you're like, all right, who wants to fight? Wow, do you think that's- I imagine that? You think that's what the mascots at Disney World are up to is they take their little helmet off and they go into the secret underground tunnels and have like a fight club down there? Oh, absolutely. Those tunnels are like, I'm here to fight and I'm here to fuck and I can only do one today. Who wants it? You know, like it's that level of like old country western like. Oh, man. So you're saying it's like fight club meets a furry convention down there. They're just fighting and fucking. Yeah, but like with baseball bats, because like you can like really bash someone in when they have those giant hip things. <laughs> you can go to town on Pluto in more more way bleh, more ways than one. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pluto's the dog, right? Yeah, you're thinking really hard about that. Is it important who Pluto was? Why? No, does that get you off somehow? Because <laughs> in my head, I was thinking Goofy, and I was like, actually, that's I think it's the I think well, the, Pluto think and Goofy Pluto's are both dogs. But how is one dog the domesticate like arf arf, and one's the one hayuk? You know, like how did that happen? I don't know. This is a this is a curveball I actually don't want to think about because it's just going to make me confused. Okay. Um, so the assignment was assignment giver. Oh, you're waiting for me to say. We're not at minute yeah. seventeen yet. We're at we're at about fifteen minutes. I don't know numbers and how to read. Okay. Reading is hard. <laughs> no, but we can tell the audience what we were doing. So so Will and I uh, uh were trying to figure out what to do for episode one hundred. Uh, we couldn't get together in person, which I think would have been preferable. Uh, but so we came up with a Green and Lewis retrospective for the folks. But don't worry. It's not a clip show. We're not just going to play other episodes, which I did think about doing oh. because I didn't. <laughs> I wanted so to be good. ultimately lazy. That would have been so good. That would have been like work, but also so easy. <laughs> I, it would have been. But instead, it would have been so much work. <laughs> yeah, it would have been for me. My God. But instead, Will and I went back and we revisited 
uh, episodes 1 through 100 by 10s. So in other words, episode 1, episode 10, episode 20, episode 30, and so on. All the way up to 100. And uh, we're going to go through some of our favorite topics from past The only episodes. retrospective we'll have is living people or young people. That's true. Yes, this is my this is my Jesus year coming up. I'll never be in the new museum, you know, hot 30 under 30 or whatever they call that. And, uh, you know, our retrospectives at MoMA, RIP. We'll just do it here now, sadly, with Well, each MoMA's other. canceled, so, you know, I, I, we just can't, you know. Oh, wait a minute. What happened with MoMA? They got canceled in general because of that guy? Yeah. What's his name? And, like, labor stuff. Oh. Well, good. Okay. You never know. The u- you know the usual, just mm-hmm. like some pedophilia and some abusive labor practices. So then you got to get a picket line going, you know? Yeah, nothing outside of the norm here in America. That's just an- another day. Another day, another it, dollar, it, as they say. It does seem a little champagne problems when there's like, you know, down the street, there's a McDonald's doing the- a fight for 15 picket. And I'm like, I don't know. Your dental plan change and we're striking. I don't I don't I don't know if that's the thing. I don't know if that's the move. Oh, hey, I support it at every level. Uh, every every worker in America should be militant regardless of your status. If you are not in management, go for it. I don't care how champagne it is. You know? Unions used to give everybody Cadillac health plans. So yes, if your dental plan changed and you're pissed off about it, get together. Solidarity. Nothing to lose but your chains. We want Delta. We want Delta. No? Is that a chant? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Is that a health insurance Delta company? Delta Dental? Oh, okay. Yeah, del- yeah. I thought you were talking about the airline. No, I don't want Delta. No one wants Delta. <laughs> well, I could be I could be a, a, a Delta Diamond. That wouldn't be terrible. Mm. You have to fly a million miles, and I, that's not my lifestyle. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. No. I'll never be a Diamond Diva, and that's fine. All right. So, so you had episode one. I did have episode one uh, called lovingly "Who's Afraid of Hot Topic," and my favorite moment. Oh, wow. <laughs> my ma- my favorite moment from that is the titular moment where Will tells a story in his youth about being afraid of Hot Topic and Pacific Sunwear, as it were. But I wanted to revisit that with you. Are you st- are you still feeling that way about Hot Topic? Do you have residual feelings that linger? Well, here here are the residual feelings. So, uh, you know, I, I I work in a in a in a location that has a hot topic nearby and a Pacific Sunwear, but that's on the third floor. I don't go to the third floor because the youth are there. Mm, okay, this is another topic we discussed. I don't remember on which episode. This was not part of my assigned assigned reading, but I do remember a long time ago we discussed your fear of teens. Yeah, the teens. Like, well, because now with like aughts. Uh, pop culture taking over again like every teenager now looks like the teenagers this i probably said already i'm having deja vu every teenager now looks like a teenager that bullied me because with the wide baggy pants and like the messy hair and shit i'm like oh no they're back that's true billy eilish and hot topic have a lot of crossover what you know baggy pants dyed hair you're talking about armbands you're talking about mesh you're in the Billie same Eilish, universe. You know that's a wig, right? And she just did that Vanity Fair cover in the lingeries. Yeah, of course I looked at the Billie Eilish Vanity Fair cover. I'm surprised we didn't talk about this on the podcast, or maybe we did, and I don't remember. But I yeah, of course I looked at it. But in general, Billie Eilish, you know? What she's the, famous the for The idea being. of Eilish? Yeah, the idea of Eilish. Oh, 
of like the black hoodie with the like green neon um yes what's it called uh like metal text yes yeah it looks yeah, like yeah. a monster energy jenkos yes yeah everything is very monster energy and i'm like ooh, i'm not here for this actually yeah so today's um, teens look like a monster energy can and yesteryear's teens also looked like a monster energy can and you're having and i'm like deja oh vu. yeah it's deja vu however like a hot topic now is just like funko pops and disney really like, this is no- interesting to me wait a minute so hot topic now is not contemporary fashion it's more of like a trinket store no, it's like it's like you get your pop culture like T-shirt. So like the, in their one window now, it's just like Disney's Cruella. Like buy your Cruella poster and T-shirt and Funko fuckery and like you know all the whole idea of like I went to Hot Topic on blah, blah, blah. I can't talk. I went to Hot Topic because I listened to music that sounds like this. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that's that's gone. Everything's a little like because now like. I feel like after the invention of Kawaii, that whole idea of like suburban counterculture went from like, I'm dark, man, into like, yeah, like Steven Universe and unicorns and uh, like. Right. Rather than being gothic or dark nerds, nerds went mainstream. So it became a little brighter. It went pop. Yeah. yeah. It went, it went technicolor. It was less like, I'm going to, you know, pancake my face and do eyeliner to like i'm gonna get a sugar pill and like color pop makeup and just like look like a drag queen oh geez okay all right i guess i understand but so that would mean logically that you're no longer afraid of hot topic as a person with taste i'm afraid of hot topic (laughs) okay (laughs) as an idea because i'm like this is just a toy store for teenagers like i don't know what what is what is this well that's the thing is i wonder is it even for teenagers anymore i don't think that it is i think that it's for geriatric millennials that no, want a funko no, no, pop no. no no because geriatric millennials if they're going to indulge in that are going to do it um either in like a very nerdy collectosphere where it's like you know more niche buying or or just online so no one has they can have their like quiet they don't have to have the shame of the purchase but they can have the little collection of a shelf of, you know, toys. Right, right, right. But they don't have to like go to those places to buy it cuz it's not for them. It's not for it's not for anyone with purchasing power. It's very much allowance. Interesting. Money. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a Paxon just looks gross. Still. Oh, do, well, what's the deal with Paxon? I mean, has it evolved in any meaningful way or does it still look the same? Is it still selling it Billabong and uh yeah. Quicksilver? Yeah. That's how you knew someone was kind of a poser as a skater when I was a youth, is they didn't order from the CCS catalog. They went to PacSun, and PacSun only had sort of mainstream skate-slash-surf brands. You know, your Billabongs, your Quicksilver. Those were more like lifestyle companies and less skateboard-specific companies. Etnies was another what was the example one with of the red? Yeah, what was the one with the like red square and then the white circle and the tree logo? I think you're talking about Quicksilver. Oh, no, no, no. No. You're talking about Element. Yeah. Yes. Element was specifically skateboarding, but they sold out early and went to PacSun. So they were kind of sus, you know? Bam Margera was an Element skater. Oh. It just makes me think, like, Etnies as an idea lives there. Yeah, it does. In purgatory, you know? 
But all I was getting um, at was there was certain kinds of brands that were identifiable as, oh, you got that at PacSun. You got at the, that at the mall. You're not real. You didn't get that at a skate shop. Oh, or you didn't get okay. that from the mail order catalog. You don't know the huh. difference, so you got the normie one. Got it. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that all tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now skateboarding is so corporate that I would imagine PacSun has all the major brands like Nike and Adidas. And, you know, it's been taken over. It's been colonized by the corporations. Sure. It it probably always was because I think it's a subsidiary of something, but I don't remember what. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you who owns or buys or what, but. Oh, like it's a subsidiary of like American Eagle or Hollister or some like major. Not that those are around anymore, but some major company. No, they still are. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, American Eagle owns one of the like niche menswear brands that I uh, enjoy. So, oh, really? I was like, how did you get bought by them? Jesus, they have money? Oh, they have money. Oh, yeah, they have cash. Yeah. Teenage cash is great. Yeah. There's a I... shitload of it. They they don't care. They're not planning ahead. Right. And oh, I guess it's, price. you know, I guess it's all new to them, you know? Like, going to the mall is a new experience when you're a teenager. So, it doesn't really matter if American Eagle has changed much over the years. Like, it still has appeal with its target demographic. Also, you, as a teenager, you want to flex. You're like, I don't care how much it is. I'll buy it. You know? Right. What you're really doing is strong-arming your parents into inadvisably buying something that's not going to fit you or is going to go out of fashion soon for exorbitant prices. Or you're going to save your money for like three weeks and then just drop 100 to $250 on one thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe resell it. Sneakers. The children love the sneakers. Oh, know. yeah. Dead stock. What? Uh, dead stock is, I, I believe, I you know, I might be wrong about this because I'm old, but that refers to things that are uh, unworn and in the box uh, that are out of print. I don't know how to say that. Out of manufacture. Huh. So, like, if you have a pair of Jordan 1s from 1981 or whatever that are in the box and never worn, that's dead stock. I mean, that's also like a million dollars. Yeah, that's probably a bad example, but there's de- there's more current dead <laughs> stock than that. That I'm like... Those are legitimate antiques. That's money. <laughs> that yeah. is actually money, is what that is. Um, damn. Um, that's, I think, two million... I think it's one one or two million dollars. Um, but yeah. No, that that's my synopsis on the youth. They, they all look... That timeline circled back it took 20 years and i'm like oh it's all terrible again can't oh oh at least they don't smell bad like you remember teens and 20 years ago would smell like abercrombie fierce or something oh yeah. terrible mm-hmm. they learn not to douse themselves in axe body spray so it's not like a cloud of nastiness now it's just like yeah we smoke weed and we just smell like that now they're like oh well, you have no shame in front of parents no i'm like okay well that you know their parents are also probably millennials so it's not really that big of a deal to smoke weed anymore in fact it's not that big of a deal for boomers or anybody at all that's a yeah, thing they're that's just changed like, since uh, we were kids my god yeah. people just smoking weed in public yeah smelling like it nobody cares that's great you know the smell of bad weed lingering on a, a person and you're just like oh oh it's not what enjoyable what for died in here else. yeah yeah god well, and, and the fact that today you can get around that by using a vape or doing edibles. I mean, I don't know why anybody uses products which put off a, an obscene amount of secondhand smoke and leave that lingering, you know, stale smell of flowers. Ugh. 
Yeah, no, it's, you're just like, ooh, something died. Did you, are you all dead? What's going on? It's like, oh no, you just hotboxed your car in mall parking lot and then came in and we're like, yeah, I'm going to buy this. And you're like, okay, give me your money. Give me your money, Stoney. Come yep. on. Turns out nobody is it cares. Cash? Everyone just wants Yeah, money. is it cash? It spends. It's green. Uh-huh. Mm. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Mm, great. Any other notables from episode one? Uh, what, what do I have in my notes? We talked about uh, drag. We talked about Joan Rivers. We talked about high cap camp game shows from the 70s. Um, hmm. But I think we can move on from episode one. I mostly wanted to check in with you about Hot Topic and your feelings on it. And I think we got a lot out of that. So, All right. Episode 10, uh, uh, you know, Joker was a thing. Oh, wait Still a minute. Still lingering. Hang on. You did episode what? 10? Did yeah. you do the odd numbered ones? You told me to do 1, 10, 30, and 50, <gasps> 70, 90. Oh, no. We did all the same le- episodes. My friend, I'm going to double check this. I'll do ep 1, 20, 40, 60, 80 if you do 10, oh, 30, 50, 70, fuck. 90. <laughs> <laughs> well, this retrospective is going to be fairly limited then because okay. I fucked up. You gave the assignment. I did give the assignment, and I fucked up. I forgot. I didn't check back in on that text message. Well, I did all the same episodes that you did, so this will be fun. Oh, great. We can revisit <laughs> them together. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. <laughs> this is where we need the audio visual medium because the lingering head and hands would really be effective. Yeah, it would be. Oh boy. Okay. Cause episode 10 was also kind of like a little, mm, I mean, talked about that movie and I'm like, okay, whatever. We talked about like, Joker in episode 10. I don't even remember this. Yeah. Then we talked about trusting, trusting your gut and crying three times a week. Yes, I, I have in my notes that we talked about crying at media. But maybe I skipped oh. past the section where we talked about Joker. Yeah, that was the first part because you were all hyphy on it. Yeah. That hasn't changed. What did I say about it? Because I don't remember. I, I didn't know. listen to that apparently. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, interesting. Okay. The thing that I the thing that I made a note of was, huh, remember when that was such a big thing? People were concerned and worried about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. That was always kind of, I don't remember what I said, obviously, but that was always kind of my take on it is this was this is going to look really silly when people think this is dangerous now, and then in the future, nothing happens. And now we are in the future, and exactly nothing, and nothing happened. happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, I was like, huh. Like, the main takeaway was, hmm, I don't know if that was really worth that much airtime. I feel like that was, like, a little bit too much, because that turned out to be a non-payoff, it, it, you know, for a lot of for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Th- that was that was one of those things. I mean, 2019 was chock full of, you know, cultural moments like that where everyone was really hot about a certain issue and, you know, it is kind of a wet fart at the end of the day. Like I'll, I'll give you my example of why I think Joker is so uninteresting now. I downloaded that movie maybe mm, 8 months ago thinking like, oh, I might want to re-watch this. I only saw it the one time in theaters, and then I never saw it again. But I torrented it, and I thought, you know, this is a movie that is kind of up my alley. Maybe I'll want to revisit it. And every time I'm going through my little digital library and I'm looking to revisit a movie, I skip it every time. I go, no, it's not that good. There's, I'm not going to glean anything from a second viewing of this. There's, Wasn't it on Netflix? 
I don't know. It might have been. Or Amazon Prime. Because I saw it, but I don't think I saw it in theaters. Did I? Uh, You didn't see it with me. I went and saw Joker alone by myself, like a true incel. Yeah. Okay. So I saw it, but it must have been on Amazon as a rental? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember you ever seeing it. I thought you would have firmly never seen it. I think I was forced to because it was pandemic and there was nothing else. And I was like, well, I submit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all I'm trying to say is that, like, that is not a, that is a very forgettable cultural moment it's a very forgettable movie at the end of the day there's nothing to be said about it i am embarrassed that i ostensibly brought it up and wanted to talk about it at the time because there's nothing to it that was i don't know that in a looking back moment i feel like there are a lot of things at the like middle to late trump era of american history that are going to be like what the fuck was culture and it's terrible it's not great like things that seem alarming and then you're like was it that bad it wasn't we were just like raw nerves abound and then everyone's just like oh i don't know that wasn't maybe worth the alarm no of course not yeah i mean it's really pathetic actually the the reason that i mean the reason that joker is sad as a movie and is a kind of a perfect cultural artifact of that era is that you can't even make a real movie about serious issues because at the end of the day, Joker's about like a depressed, a depressed guy who accidentally starts a social movement. Right. And it's like, that could be really resonant, but the fact that that has to be in the form of a superhero movie or like a villain origin story is quite sad that the only way to communicate with like, uh, adults anymore is through baby languages you can't yeah. you can't just make an outright drama that wouldn't resonate that wouldn't be successful so you have to veil it in comic bookery in order to make it palatable for its target audience which is you know 30 to 50 year old males yeah the the make up sphere is um a little um it's a sad substitute for like a morality play yeah exactly you know, because that's what it attempts to do, but it's like, that's not, it, like, follows I, parts of structures, and you're like, hey, but, but I have to do it in the, in the, in the, in the costume of something that was established in the 60s. Well, yeah. And it and makes it. And then the 90s, and then the 2000s again. Well, and, and then f- we're going to do it in sure. later 2000s. And then we're going like, to do it again. But furthermore, it makes the reaction to it seem even sillier, because people are getting upset, like, there's going to be mass shootings about us, about a comic book movie. Like people just had like Batman PSD, you know? Yeah. But you know, that was always fascinating because like that guy that shot up the theater in Aurora, like he didn't do that. He didn't do that because he affiliated with the Joker. Like there's, you know, published interviews with his psychiatrist that say like, no, I interviewed the guy like this was not his motivation. He had no fascination with that at all. That was just a total like media post hoc take on the thing. And then, so people are mad at a take that's not real. And then they're mad at a movie that's actually for babies. You know, it, I'm I'm just trying to yeah. support your point that there is this certain zone when we recorded that episode of middle late Trump era where wow, uh, yeah we were really up in arms a lot about a whole lot of nothing. Well, yeah, it was just like bad men are bad, and you're like we know, but like uh, is it gonna like expecting something in pop culture at this day and age to really cause that kind of 
It's kind of like in the 90s. It's pure culture wars rehashing of like, you know, if the children have rap music, they're going to shoot people. And yeah. you're like, no, Tipper Gore. That's not how it works. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, what what are we doing with this? No, and it's funny. And like, it's funny how clear that's become in a mere like 18 months, you know? Oh, yeah. I think everyone just had to like sit down for a little bit, have have a moment and then go, okay, that was maybe not 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 the, that was not the point. But well, the whole I, idea I, is missing the point. Yeah, yeah. In culture writ large. You know, I don't think that anybody sat down and really had a reckoning, though. I think they just kind of got what they wanted politically and moved past it as if it never happened. Which is sort of depressing. It, it would be better. It would be better maybe if people sat around and said, you know, I'm a BuzzFeed article writer, and I wrote an article that was fearful of the Joker, saying that there was going to be mass shootings when that movie came out. And you know what? I was wrong, and I was overreacting to something. You don't see anything like that. It just goes uncommented upon, and we just move on to something else, like something like a series of headlines that are like things I said in the heat of the moment for clicks. That would be great. That would be a real reckoning, but you will never see that. There is no incentive in place to make that a profitable uh, byline. I do think that like clickbaity articles are becoming more deceased. Maybe the hot take. Are you sure? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not reading anything, but you know, there was just an opinion piece in the New York Times titled "How Joe Biden Could Win a Nobel Peace Prize." That's the New York Times, and that's pretty goddamn clickbaity. (laughs) You know? Is it? Yes. It's very silly. It's but hyperbolic. Again, who's that for? Uh, that that because that doesn't even dignify itself for a click. It's not even that entertaining. You're just like, even like the thing of the New York and L.A. bagels, Shonda. I'm like, I'm not gonna click on it. I'm not gonna give you the satisfaction of ad dollars for this fuckery. You guys are a mess. Like I like. You've 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 disgraced yourselves. The bagel thing made you know any sort of kooky take from the, the times. That's the straw that broke my camel's back. Um, <laughs> you shan't get my click humps for that one. Thank you. You are done. Uh-huh. Um, you've lost your good goddamn mind. Put the gray lady in a home and uh, maybe smother her with a pillow. Yeah, should be easy. <laughs> Anywho, um, and then crying. I don't. I don't know. I just was like, I don't know. Worth talking uh, about well, you know, I don't know. In my memory, we were we were sort of talking about like how often and appropriate it was to cry at media. Like, has that changed for you? Do you ever cry at stuff? Because I I think you said you don't. It doesn't affect you that way, and that you cry rarely in general. Yes, like extremely rarely. Yeah, something. I think I have a, maybe one good. I, no, I'll take that back. If my mental health is fine and my, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, material conditions are not dire. I am golden. There's not going to be any crying unless it's out of joy or laughing so much that I, you know, th- we have to flush the system. Um, right. But like, which you might call joy. What? Which you might call joy. Sure. Um, yeah, no, that doesn't happen. Because like a good like heaving like excavation cry to to for you know that's a, an episode throwback like yeah. that kind of thing like doesn't really happen like the <gasps> like right I think maybe in my later adult life maybe happened like five times yeah that's fair enough I mean you know 
I'm not interrogating you here. You you look nervous. No, 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 no. It's not nervous. I'm just. No, I'm literally like doing the mental rewind of like, you know, the wheels at the uh, <sighs> microfiche. That's the word. Um, the wheels are spinning. I'm like, no, no, that's not the record. I know what that record. Uh, you know, like I'm like a three to five. Like, I know three exactly ones, but the other two, I just feel like they're there. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know. I would agree. I mean, I would say not much has changed for me in this regard. Like, I, I don't. I don't tend to cry at life events. I tend to cry at media. Like I cried watching Louie. I keep talking about Louie, but I did a lot. <sighs> but it was a sort of gentle type of cry where I was like, wow, you know, this just really got me in the heart zone. And that show really crescendos really well into that type of space. It goes from being very jokey to very sentimental by the time it's over. There's a joke there about, you know, it crescendoing into a plant in the corner, but we, we won't do that. That's that's below me. Um, I, there's a difference between welling up and crying. Well, do the tears run down your cheeks when you well up? Is that possible? Because I think I understand what you're getting no, at. No, like a, huh, you know, like a, huh. Yeah. And then, the you know, the, the knuckle and I just like, oh, I'm getting a little moist up here, you know, pat, 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 get it in, get, get it in the wrinkles. Um, that's different. Yeah. If it's I, rolling I, down, if it's rolling down your face, you're, you're melodram, you're melodramatizing it for yourself. You're luxuriating in your welling and not actually crying. Oh, that's an interesting distinction. I, I think you might be right. Yeah. You're like, uh, that's that's committing to, I'm crying now. And you're like, that's not crying. Oh, right. Like, it's too self-conscious. It's It doesn't come from some deep place you don't understand. You know, because usually it's an not, emotional... It's not shooting out of your nose. You're not crying. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Then I don't really cry very much. I do well up constantly. And then I let it roll down my cheek melodramatically. <laughs> Because in your head, there's a small symphony playing, like, yeah. you know, a score, and it's swelling towards something. No, I'm no. beaming right now because you're absolutely right. I, I do have, I do have like, this... You're the, panning out in your own brain. I am. To, I do. Watching yourself go, like, oh, it's falling just a little lower. Maybe when it gets to, like, my jawline, I'll wipe it away. I do exactly do that, yes. Little bitch. Ugh. Yeah, my own internal camera, me. it goes to a wide shot. Uh-huh. And then it zooms out of the window and, like, up towards the night sky. After you see the, the final tear Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you make me sick. Oh, no. Like, if, if, like, my thing is, like, if you let it get down to here, like, the only time it gets down to here is the joy. Like, again, I'm physically heaving from the laughing. So it's just like water things. I'm like, oh, where is it? Oh, I lost track of it. Or it's, you know, just like covered, bloodshot, like blowing snot bubbles, like. Meryl Streep, eat your heart out. Fuck you. I'm better at it, you know? Right, right. That's when you know you're feeling something. Yeah, okay. Well, in the interest of time, I think we should move oh, on. we got to move we're on. Mo- okay. We're moving pretty slow here. Well, because now we're talking about the same thing, so we can actually... <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's different points of view. Um, so 30 was dry January. Oh, that's uh, right. Uncut, uncut Gems. Life Peaks and Valleys. Kobe Nolan. Bryant's Death. Mm-hmm. And the first Rona reference. Is so that early. right? Yes. Oh, see, I was skipping around probably the same as you were. I didn't catch the first Rona reference. Do you remember what it was? 
That's very interesting was, to me. One of the lines was, if Corona makes it to to the United States. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, did it ever. Because I was nervous about thermo cameras. Bitch. Yeah, okay. So stupid. <laughs> well, hey, it was early days. We didn't know. God, we were so arrogant then. I know I was. I remember having a... Uh, we thought no one from the UK was going to come over here. Oh, wow. dude. Incorrect. I, I remember having a final meal with Ulrika. I don't know if you knew at the time, but we were planning a show. Her and I were like curating a show of people making lamps. You remember this? Yeah, it was the lamp show. Yeah. and uh, It was the email I said, I will get to that in time. Yeah, it never came to be for obvious reasons. But I remember having a final meeting with her about that. And we were eating pho together. And I said, I don't think this Rona thing is going to be a big deal at all. And it was like a matter a matter of days or weeks uh, until, you know, the lockdown and then, you know, all the subsequent folly. But uh, well, I really didn't think it could happen. I mean, I, I, it's really difficult to inhabit that headspace from 2021. But, you, you know, because there had been prior pandemic outbreaks in Southeast Asia like our entire lives. That happened every couple of years, and you well, just like thought, bird like, flu and shit. Yeah, bird flu, swine flu, like that shit happened. And sometimes it even made it to America, but it was like easily contained and just never went anywhere. And I thought it would just be what exactly was the, the what same. What was thing. the cow one that the Irish had or the Scottish had? Mad cow disease. Yeah, I remember that in the nineties and being like, <gasps> "We can't eat meat." Yeah, but I love burgers. Like how you know? And that was sort of vaguely scary for a second, but it, you know, it was well contained at its source. You know, I don't know how they did it back in the day. We just had better pandemic awareness or the problem was just less severe like i think it was just smaller and like whoever got it just like died it was like oh they had mad cow oops i think i think you know check the people on the farm see if they're alive and if they are just put them in a bubble it seems to me that regardless of what the actual origins of covid were because we still don't really know um the ccp did uh everything in their power to cover it up at first. And I think in the past that wasn't what happened. So the scale of the pandemic at its start was way larger because they had tried to lie about it for a while, which I don't think was the case with swine flu and other things. It wasn't suppressed um, so much. Yeah, because that's kind of cute. Calling it swine flu, bird flu, animal flus. Well, and I think some of these other pandemics were ostensibly like worse diseases than COVID. You know, higher higher mortality rates and like worse effects and things. But I don't know. I think worse. I think reason. anytime you know shitting yourself is a side effect, people are like, "Ooh, we got to contain that one." Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, that that's pretty bad. I, I you know I always think like the more graphic the oh the for thing sure is because the whole idea of like this is like no pictures in the ERs. No one knows. Do you know what someone on a ventilator looks like? I don't. Right. No, no, no. It's just like they did with the war in Iraq with American soldiers and casualties. Like, no, we're not publishing those images anymore because we don't want to give anybody a real sense of how bad it actually is. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, big oopsies. Big oopsies and big swings and misses in uh, episode 30. Um, Truly. Like... Talking too much about Uncut Gems, which is, again, another one of those, like, is this rewatchable? No. Oh, I disagree. I've seen Uncut Gems a bunch of times since it came out, and that movie holds up. It's oh. good. I, I I'm think not th- here to have a fucking anxiety attack in front of a television. Well, th- that's the thing about it. This Ugh. is the same reason that I'm rereading Infinite Jest right now. Is like, you don't, you don't appreciate things as a rewatcher. 
it's no. not as much of an anxiety attack on cut gems the second or third time through because you have a sense of where it's where it's heading. I'm really I really really appreciate uh cultural properties that lead you down the primrose path. Those things are eminently rewatchable in my mind because once you have knowledge of the end, you can appreciate all the immaculate detail along the way. They always become infinitely rewatchable. I also Whereas don't think things I... with poor plotting that are predictable are never interesting. It's the, the reason Joker's not interesting is because I have a solid memory of what it is because it was paint by numbers. Uncut Gems is interesting because you don't know the entire time what the fuck is really going on until it finally culminates you know, in Adam Sandler's character's death and you get the point of the movie at the end. Wow, spoiler alert. Jesus Christ. Hey, Fucking it's two hell. years old if you haven't seen it by now. Um... I don't know. I think that's just also, I'm not, I don't like rewatching movies. I'll go to a movie theater to watch a movie, which, you know, now I'm like, eh, maybe not. You might be able to keep that one for a little bit longer. I don't know. No, thank you. Um, but like, again, like I'll rewatch TV trash movies. I'll also rewatch because that's like, I don't know. Dra- rewatching dramas. I'm not really in for, and even re- rewatching a comedy. I just won't do it. Like, unless I'm having a deep nostalgia trip and have to pay $4 to watch the sweet, like, you know, like it's not, no, like, I just don't want to commit to the 90 minute 90 to a hundred. How long is three hours? 180 minutes. Yeah. Who's got the time. Right. For something you already saw. Well, I I think it just depends a lot on how well made and like intricately textured the thing is, you know, (sighs) I don't rewatch trash typically. I rewatched. Yeah, you rewatched a Marvel. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not immune from that's rewatching like trash. You know, it's it's yeah. one step away from trash. Well, I think there's I think there's two ways you can go with rewatching, which is the comfort food way, and then the uh, having the experience of a well made meal way. You know, if you went to, <sighs> uh, you know, what's you know Jiro's sushi spot in Tokyo? If you went there twice in a row. You would not say you had the same experience both times, even though it's the same establishment and the same chef, right? You also shouldn't have the same experience both times. Right. And if you watch a high-tier Martin Scorsese movie twice, you don't have the same experience both times. Who's got, again, who's got the time? I don't know. I I find the time because I don't, like, I I think that so much content that's made now is trash that I would prefer to rewatch things that I know are quality and notice something about them that I didn't notice before. You could say the same thing about going and viewing art. Like, you don't go to the Met and go up to a Vermeer and notice the same things every time. It's sort of infinitely giving. That's why it's a masterpiece, right? You could say the same thing about certain cinema. But also sometimes you see the same things and you're like, good to see you, hello. Like, you know, it, it really, you have, I kind of have, it, how do I want to say this? It, where you are, because the thing doesn't change, where you are might have changed. So the thing you might have uh, found interesting the first time you're disregarding. So this other time you're noticing something else. And yeah. if you're trying to chase the high of noticing that one thing again, it's not going to happen because it's already been made aware. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. Um, I agree completely with that statement. I I just think that you can say the same thing about um, you can say the same thing about movies as paintings. You're different. It's the same. That's what's interesting about rewatching it. 
Yeah, but they un- unfold over time. I'm not like I'm not really here to like find out what's going to move me this time. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. I, you, I don't you, care. You submit to that time block, and I'm always like, eh, I don't know. That's something for me to put on while I scroll on the phone. You know. Oh, I th- I just think you have a poor relationship with a treasured art form. Well, you've been trained by streaming culture to think of movies as ignorable. No, because I, I like again, I like the I, I like the experience of a theater. Think of the chairs. Um, but like, you know, that's more about like the event of a thing. Again, like cinema should be an event. And I, I, I don't think of, again, watching it on like, you know, a 40 inch television as being that eventful. Like there's no like headspace modification because you're play you're you don't change locations you don't you know rarely change the lighting like unless you're one of these psychos who's like okay we have to turn off the lights while we watch the movie ew gross um like you're not in a theater it's not making it more theater like to have all the lights off i'm I'm with you but the intimacy of a smaller screen can reveal things about the movie that you wouldn't notice in a larger scale presentation and vice versa but it doesn't do the mind shift like settling into like a a comfy oversized chair and someone bringing you a g&t like you're in a mood to like okay everything else is handled i am just here for this versus like in in your home space you're like huh why is why is there a party happening across the street you can't really focus someone's texting me what the fuck like you know turning off the phone and doing that thing of like okay i am present like that's a very specific and mindful uh consumption of that media whereas like again in the home you're like "Mm, it's so passive and like like there's no gearing up for it yeah well i think it can be that way sometimes doesn't have to be that way, though. You're making that sound like that's the only way to experience a movie at home. I would disagree with that, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I treated rentals in the Redbox days like, ooh, a thing. Yeah, this there you go. Event. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what but I when meant when I said you've been trained like, by yeah. streaming culture to think that it's disposable when it doesn't need to be that way. Uh, that sounds, yeah. to me, more like a matter of self-discipline in some ways. I don't know. I have a... Ooh, we devoted. Don't, we don't at, have that in this house. Oh, yeah. No, well, no, no, neither no, no, do no. I. But I apparently I have some kind of devotional relationship to uh, rewatching what I apprise to be quality cinema that you're predisposed to. That I'm predisposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. okay. Episode. Uh, episode fifty. It was kind of bad. Episode fifty. Oh, it was pl- platonic fried chicken? You know. Oh no. You know. I kind of liked this one. I skipped I most just, of the episode and listened to primarily the end of it. Do you want to know oh, why? I, I, what? Uh, because a while ago, long before we were ever going to record episode 100, I got feedback from a listener who was sort of new to the podcast and was like, hey. Do we know this person? Um, Yeah. It's Kyle. It's Natalie's boyfriend, Kyle. Shout out oh, to okay. Kyle if he listens to this. Hi. Hi. Um, He said... Again, in my recollection, I could be wrong because I screwed up this whole assignment in the first place. But he said something about, oh, I just got to episode 50 and I really liked the conversation about art at the end of it. Um, Do more of that. And this was months ago now. I don't even know when. Three or four months ago. Thank you for sharing the feedback so we can action it. Thank you. (laughs) Well, 
I don't know. So what? I, you, I didn't think much of it at the time. I semi-ignored it. Apparently didn't talk about it with you. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, but so when I when I realized that this episode was on the docket, I was like, oh, great. And so I just skipped to the end of it. And I thought we had like a semi-interesting, not great, but okay conversation about like art in the 1980s and Jeff Koons and Robert Gober and Felix Gonzalez Torres. Like it was a really long episode. It was like an hour 45. Um. And the last we were, half hour, we were of very it, bored and had nothing else to do. Yeah, it was. It was true. It, it was right in the in May. I think we recorded it. In fact, like episode April fifty. Or May. Episode fifty. It would have been almost exactly a year ago. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. So episode yeah. fifty one is Elmau. Oh, nice. So yeah. I skipped to that one and re-listened to that one. Oh, I was cool. Like, That's fun for me. Um, but Elmau was also, um, you know, protests and things in the street. You know, like. That was a tumultuous time in May, you know. Yeah, that was a weird shift in tone of the pandemic where it went from real serious lockdown to, oh, we're not locked down anymore because bigger shit is going on. But also nobody's still working, so everyone's still kind of bored. But I don't know. That was an exciting time. A year, a year from a year from this date, late May, early June of last year was crazy. That made the world feel like it was getting really topsy-turvy. Beyond simply just yeah. pandemic, where everything was kind of breaking apart, George Floyd and et cetera. Well, it, yeah, it was a lot of like, like looking around is like, okay, is the world going crazy? What's going on? You know, like that kind of level of like, well, like literally, you know, in the Mad Men episode, the JFK one, what is happening? You know, like, yeah, yeah, when Betty, Oswald uh, gets shot, take a pill and go to bed, you know, yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing. Like, I was like, it felt very that moment what is going on um so well i think that's how it'll be remembered i think like you know our generation has an incredible amount of trauma from 9-11 to the financial crisis etc cetera, etc cetera. but the the may and june of 2020 is is a real like oswald getting shot by ruby moment where you're like okay now what the fuck like hit number one hit number two hit number three too many things in a row where it's completely disorienting I know that personally. Ooh, does that mean in like two years everyone's going to drop acid again? Oh, jeez, I hope not. I hope we don't have like a countercultural moment. I'm already so tired of the the sanctimony of like uh, spirituality at this point that I, you know, I re- I really hope that that doesn't take on like a broader audience than it already has. No, but just add more drugs. Is all I'm saying. I mean, I don't know. People are marijuana is practically legal. People are doing enough drugs. I think everybody needs to like come oh, back fine. to earth a little bit. Frankly, you know, we got the UFOs out there. We got all this stuff. It's like what? You know, the government just came out with all the U- UFO stuff again for like the fourth time in two years. Yeah. What are we distract? What are we trying to distract from this time? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. What I'm saying is everybody just everybody just come back everybody come back into your body a little bit. Let's not do the Timothy Leary. We're not going to tune in, turn on and drop out or whatever. We're going to we're going to focus for a second and try to get back on track here. <laughs> that, that's oh, what you're I one think of those people. That's Ew, what I think. Gross. You know, I think we need to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps Ugh. and read more Ben Shapiro articles. <laughs> Again, famously an unvisual medium, but head was in hands, but then heard that and had to turn up with one eyebrow up in disgust. Disgust. Um, 
you can't trust what a short man tells you. No, 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 no. I was kidding, of course. Oh, God. Um. So wait, what was I? Because like for episode fifty, I I did listen to the thing about like intuitive design or like uh design with intent that you know teaches you how to use a thing, and I was like, oh, okay. Like that's an interest. Like that's something. You know. Didn't really think about it anymore, but. Uh, well, I don't know if I listened to that part, but like, what are you talking about? Like a like a phone that teaches you how to use it? No, because I think this was around the time I like had Switchy time. Where you bought it like an, near it? You bought a Nintendo Switch. You're saying? Yes. Yeah. The Switchy time of like you know you're like how do I use this newfangled device? Right. Like you're the you're like your parents with an iPhone. Like, how do I answer a call? How do I take a photo? What's going on? Like, what is internet? And you're like, okay, hold on, let's just set up your iCloud account okay um like the idea that like the process of doing or the the thing you're engaging with teaches you how to use it you don't have to know which is what good design is you don't have to know how to use the thing to learn how to use it like the thing will teach you how to make it useful yeah yeah sure like you know and I, i do think about that in terms of kind of like the general terribleness of objects in the world now where either it's so dumb, like anyone can figure out what it is, like that's a vase, that's a lamp, like, but they're not, uh, there's no iconicity or there's no like ideogram factor. Or it's like, it has ideogram factor, but it's like, in order to understand why it's like interesting, you have to have a deep knowledge of like, again, the deep cut that's being referenced. Like, I feel like we've, We've somehow circled back on this, like, um, at least in what I see now in visual material goods, is this reference culture again, where it's like, I did my studies. So this little idea of this terrazzo is based in this, from this, from this, uh, but it only located in this one thing that this one designer did in this one niche home that only one person knows about, which is exhausting to me as someone who used to do that i'm like oh god that's gonna make you so you're gonna it's hard to find that many k-holes to go down you know like the wells there there's wells everywhere you're gonna drown in one of them yeah i mean or you're not gonna allow yourself to drown you're gonna be you know chasing holes title of my biography oh boy i i guess i i guess i lost the thread a little bit like i don't really understand what you mean can you try to re-summarize the difference between the two poles you're describing here in more plain language i thought that was pretty plain no wait wait which wait what where did you lose the thread and i'll try and reweave it for you well because you're talking about design that's like too esoteric right that's like making too many references to too many obscure things okay but as opposed to what what's the better version of that well what i'm saying is that there's a re-emphasis on the value add to design by via the references that are encoded within it. Like the breadcrumb clues for the, the learned Goldilocks to appreciate. Yeah. Like I'm still we're not... in a breadcrumb time, you know? Okay. We've circled back to like, Ooh, there's more breadcrumbs in this one. So it's tastier. And you're like, generally true. But if your whole thing is breadcrumbs, you can't like deep fry a breadcrumb. Where's the Oreo? 
Right, like so there's no substantial center to these design objects really. They don't have a real utility. They're just a series of um repackaging with uh, repackaging with a uh, repackaging that was I think it would be helpful re- if you could give from. if you could give an example maybe because this is too abstract. I don't understand what you're talking about. Like I think um just in my brain it's just this lamp it's it's a little like orb like a glowing orb on a post in like a terrazzo attached to a terrazzo orb so for that you have to have visual references of the 80s the 60s part of the mid-century and then also like gas lamps like there's a, a series of like things that you have to cobble together to see like what's interesting about it and you're like so this is just a collage idea this is uh-huh. a collage object. This is a collage moment. Yeah. You know, like it's it's that kind of like, or like in fashion, it's like, oh, this reference is based on the one trim of this one jacket from uh, from a Christian Dior Galliano moment. Like, it's like, it's, the, it, the pastiche is back, but the again, pastiche is, is showing off your what is the better What is the better version of that? Nod, but don't wink. Okay. Like, for example... Um, like just ha- like you know, using this hypothetical lamp, you could do the globe, but like maybe you don't have to do the like double circle or like maybe it's just a fl- you know a flat piece of like, George, just be more blatant. Like why are why are we doing all like like why is it cute? Like why is it cute shapes? Why isn't it just like the ball, the stick, and a plank? Why is it like you know blobby, like to make it soft and more like millennial looking, or you know, cal- why is the form calcifying in uh, what we would call like millennial aesthetics? Hmm. Well, like is why it... not just be the 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 three parts: bulb, stick, base? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how to respond. <laughs> I don't know. I, I this is this is something I don't know. I've just been thinking about this because I'm like, I don't know. I think we're. I think we as a culture are like we've been driven insane. So we've you know been like sifting and sifting and sifting. I'm like. Yeah, but, you know, Gold Rush, like, you might be in that river and you're still going to get some shitty pebbles. Like, I don't know. The the gold is within. You know how in the last episode we talked about um, stasis and, like, things being kind of middle brow or whatever? I I think what you're talking about is, like, the constant, like, sanding off of all the interesting edges of things. Like, you're almost literally talking about that in terms of design. Rather than take something severe like a a lamp its stand and its base and just make it appear that way you sort of smooth out the entire design object into some like sort of amorphous like what you described as millennial design sort of thing Um, maybe it's because we've run out of innovative capacity maybe it's because like that's a culture is is sort of stalling out like and has been for a really, really long time. I think this is like a constant condition of post-modernity is just that things are only interesting if you are academically minded and like sort of a quiz kid about where things come from. Then you have like this list you can run down in your mind and demonstrate to your friends about what is good and what is not about specific objects. But usually people are not aware of these things and it's not important that they're that they be aware of them to them it's just a lamp that looks cool yeah i don't know i i've been thinking about this a lot in terms of like my own uh ability to think about newness uh, some, uh, or like 
in one of these episodes, maybe it's this is maybe a good way to move episode forward. Seventy, yeah. Um, we're talking about no progress or stasis, and it's like, like, and I was like, are we in the end game of modernism? Where you know, not talking about the postmodern, but this idea that like, if you can't move forward, instead of just like shattering apart, why not maybe think about the things a little bit harder that exist and then you know play in the sandbox a little longer instead of clawing towards momentum and you know the progress of time you know like actually sit within that thing it's very like it is anti-modern it's a little it's regressive and it you know kind of mirrors this idea of the um like contemporary uh fiefdom moment or like a contemporary dark ages where things don't, you know, have that downhill mo- or uphill down uphill. You can't have uphill momentum. Can you? Well, if you're well, powered yeah. by an engine, you would, that's modernism. Yeah. That's um, progressive. You know, like, yeah. you know, like if that kind of rolling of time uh, and rolling of, I- of new ideas is not quite happening at the speed at which we're accustomed to, like maybe take the pause allow the pause and work within where you're at. Maybe like a new thing isn't what's required of us at the moment. Yeah. Seems very lazy though. Like I feel guilty saying that I'm like, I don't know, maybe just take, take the breather and like figure out commitments to the ideas that you're proposing. Yeah. You know, or figure out what the ideas that you're proposing are before you jump immediately into designing a lamp. Yeah. Like what? What is that's the, what I think what is, is getting what lost. What is your propulsion towards fusing those things? Y- yeah, I don't. I don't think that design has much of an ethos anymore. I don't think that people are doing anything outside of trying to make things efficient, um, make things efficient in their cost basis primarily, um, but also efficient in their like logistical distributive uh, apparatus too. Um, yeah, like th- that's pretty much where it... the motivation for design comes from. It doesn't come from a morality. Like we yeah. touched on this in one of the episodes that that I went through, where like um, aesthetics and I think by extension you could say design too used to be connected to like moral philosophy. That that's why Greenberg like is such an interesting art critic at a, at a certain level is because y- you know you can say what you want about the guy or what he proposed, but what he was trying to outline was the way that aesthetics and morality met together. This was episode 70. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This was in that. Cause like in my head, like the idea of like, you know, like the line of towards a newer Lackawan or Lackawan. You know, yeah. Who the fucking cares? No, that's not how it's spelled. There's no AE. Is that what the O with the O's, the dots? Yeah. 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 Lau. Laucoon. That sounds racist. Um, Anyway, but continue. We were having an interesting conversation. No, but like the, the idea, like mm, maybe that's not towards a new thing, towards a new, you know, that whatever that I can't pronounce. Like maybe just like why have a new version of the old thing, or maybe like have the old thing and maybe like interrogate it a little bit longer instead of casting it aside for fashionability or whatever that we become obsessed with instead of ideas we become we become obsessed with the fashionability of how the idea presents itself. Yeah, I mean, but this happens historically. This just happens. There's sort of nothing you can do about it. Like this is what mannerism was. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. like 
late Michelangelo is manneristic because it's more obsessed with the the tips uh, and tricks of what Baroque style would eventually become. Oh yeah, that's that's with, too much ego. Than with what it was actually capable of, but that's where we are today. Yeah. Um, we had a really innovative moment in the 20th century that's now being followed upon in a way where we expect something progressive and that's never going to come, or at least not in our lifetimes, or at least not soon. Yeah. And so what you're kind of proposing is why not just embrace the mannerism and be something more like Art Nouveau, where you are self-consciously anachronistic um, and perhaps no. a little okay with that that no uh that mm, i have to figure out a good way to figure this out i I just i don't think there's enough interrogation of of the whys of things of like mm, especially in terms of like any sort of visual culture or even literature of like so why are we doing this like i like i i don't you know based on you know some listener feedback about like you know proposing newness or whatever i'm like i i, I want to kind of figure my my thing always in terms of my own um what's how do you say this my own rubric of criticism of the world in general or how how i pick apart the world is i i kind of need to know the like uh what's it called like the not it's not triage like what's the thing when you're diagnosing like the root cause like what's what's that called like the I would call that a diagnosis. Yeah, like I I want to figure out like where it, where it started and how we got to here to get to like these things that we have to talk about. Like what what's the root cause of like even like a joker moment or like you know like f- for me having conversations like this it's always like it's not about fetching about it. It's about like what's what's the root source of these, you know? Like sure. what's what's the as a as as a culture, how did we get to here? And why not another option? You know, I, I always feel like figuring out how we got to a place is pretty easy to diagnose if you're a student of history. You you can look back yeah. retrospectively and like <clears throat> make the narrative make sense and understand how you arrived at a current moment. But trying to figure out what you should do in that moment is never easy. Yeah. That's always contingent. Like you're in it. You yeah. can't, you know, you can't do anything about the present moment really. You can kind of figure out how you got here. Though. I don't think that that's that difficult. I mean, it's a talking head song. That's went over my head. You'll have to explain. And I had to ask myself, how did I get here in the news coma? And that's my best water David, you down. Yeah, that's as, that's as good as I can do. Um, like that, like you know what I mean. Like my thing is like, what's the what's the root cause? Like where where did where did the pain begin? You know, um, you know where was the site of infection? Like where what happened? And yeah, then, I mean, well, I I'm curious what you would say. The answer to that question is, where do you think the, the pain began? Well, have you ever thought know. about it before? No, because I think my 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 thing is kind of trying to sift out all of these extra pieces of information that are in my way. Like I'm, I'm a very good, uh, you know, person who's like, you know, when I bring up a, a you know, what I re- realize in 
the looking back, I'm like, why the fuck would I care about talking about that? Or, you know, like right, any of these right. things were like, why do we, you know, like there's things in the way to getting towards that. And it's like, there's a lot of brain clutter that occupy the, the top levels of the brain inbox. We never really get to inbox zero in our brains. Right. So it gets in the, there's a lot that gets in the way towards even asking that question of like, well, what is it? It's like, I don't know. I got too much paperwork to sort through. We can't even start to dig that up, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, but you're but at some level you're asking a really fundamental question that applies to more than just individual people. It's not a question of like how how do you sort it out because of course there's too much going on in any individual life to get to like really philosophical problems, right? Yeah, but I think like isn't that what we're zooming out? I I think that's what dialogue is supposed to do though, is let you sort through the inbox so then at the end of the day you can actually let yourself sit with questions that you don't have an answer for but you you now can like you're clearing out the inbox in the in the in the dialogue process i think that's what like a kind of i think maybe that's what a kind of uh socratic dialogue does is let you kind of like sort through all of the um uh, qualifier information yeah yeah until you can get to the root and then you just have to go oh no but like all your everything's been cleared out like the cobwebs are down right right so then you can have that little moment to be like let me sit let me figure that out and even if you don't it's at least that kind of like well i don't have to think about all this other shit now so now i can think about that until the inbox gets like you know the bucket of junk gets thrown in your head yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you're constantly trying to empty out a swimming pool while it's raining one bucket at a time. With a shot glass. Yeah, right. And I mean, this is where we've arrived at episode 100. Like, there is no... There's nothing that I've learned. <laughs> we have learned how to speak better, because the early ones were terrible. Holy shit, the micro... Oh, pre pre microphone arm ooh baby it was bad also yeah no Mm-mm. speeds speeds were speeds were not great speeds were you know got to keep it quippy got to keep it moving got to keep it pumping like you know well i think we've talked about this on the podcast before it's very meta but there's a real difference between having a conversation like this and having a real conversation that isn't recorded i think well, for i think for you also and knowing i knowing that you're performing well, of course, but I think for you and I, it's become kind of collapsed in a certain way, especially having having done this over Zoom so many times now. It's like the artifice of it is really on the surface of it, but it's also the only time that we really talk to each other. So it's like in a weird way, it's more real, um, but also but also simultaneously more artificial. That's completely contradictory. It's a twofer, but, yeah. But it yeah. is a twofer. Um, but so, yeah, no, I don't know. Like... Well, so what are you supposed to do with with the question of why or the question of what do you want? Right? Like there's no there's no answering that in my mind. I think the process is is continuous. It just goes on. And so whether you're talking about like a shittily designed lamp or a podcast at 100 episodes or just a life or just conversations, I don't think it's very interesting to like interrogate too hard what the origins of anything are. Because if you if you really want to do that, the only way to do that is through history, which is a story told already through different voices that you have to sort through. And depending on your bias, you can come to your conclusions pretty 
quickly. Yeah, but then you got to like counter check those biases and all of that kind of stuff, you know. Um, I, th- I think the idea of like, you know, the like, well, why or what is the net, you know, like, I don't, I again, I, I think trying to plan that is like misguided energy. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I think the idea is like, I don't know, but sitting in, being allowed to sit in that space of not knowing is also the greatest openness where you're like, I get to choose now. Like, you know, being active in your decision making. Once again, all the clutter is gone, you get to go, huh, haven't thought about it. But now I get to, cho- I get to be my, like more aware of the fact uh, that my choosing and my actions dictate what happens next in life or in in a studio or in you know you know or you know whatever walking down the street like you become more aware of your agency once you are cleared with the i don't know once you arrive at the i don't know well or the stream just or you're wildly confused i don't know or the stream just keeps flowing i i have a real problem with the idea that anybody has agency. Like, I don't believe that that's the way that the universe works. Agency would require that you know the state of the universe at this moment and then in the future are able to predict it and and do something about it instantaneously, which you can't do. I I really don't think that free will is real. I think that basically you go through your, your life mechanically um, and you have the illusion or the semi-illusion that you're doing anything intentionally so i don't think that you have very much agency over what happens i think in fact that that's pretty counter to being accepting of what living a life is that things come at you and you absorb them you don't even react to them are you doing ferris bueller's day off right now life comes at you fast I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Someone should go check on Ron's cars before they end up in the, you know, out back off a cliff. But yeah, the idea that the more, I don't know, the idea that the more you interrogate something or the, the more you converse about something or that the more you uh, think about anything, the more agency you have over your own life and the more uh, coherent ability you have to choose. I just think that's wrong. I just don't think that's how anything works. I didn't say that it just makes you more of it. It just makes you aware that you are choosing. But are you? Your deliberateness in it, the deliberateness in your choosing, that's questionable. It does make you aware that you are, you know, doing the choosing, choosing to choose process. But those motivations, who knows? That's, That's for someone, you know, that's for someone with, you know, a couch to figure out. Well, I just don't think that, I just don't think that the effort put in matters very much. Oh, how well, deliberate or not deliberate, it doesn't. It's it's really neither here nor there. Well, I don't know. If you had any, if you had any control over your own life, you'd be on omnipotent. But you're not, are you? You just have your own. That perception sounds exhausting. Well, right. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's where like decision fatigue becomes real. When you when you are like doing a lot of things, you're like, oof, ooh, baby, I don't I don't want to make another choice. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, I give think me you the just, pill that I, puts me back in the matrix. Thank you. Well, I think that I think that um, 
Where is my cheese pill? I was promised one at the beginning of this <laughs> pandemic, and I did not get one. I did find multiple brands of pub cheese. They are delicious and refreshing. However, they are overpriced, and they do not fit into my lifestyle. Also, I think I have to give up cheese. Anyway. Hmm. Sorry. Sh- I should we just stop break, there? I, I had to break into <laughs> I had to go to Grandpa's Cheese Barn in my brain and just really let that wash over me. Um, so if you've made it this far, this is a long episode. It's really long, yeah. I mean, it's a grand occasion. It sure. can be. I'm st- I'm stalling for time. We have to hit one thirty. You know, like it's got to be at least the length of like the shortest Avengers movie, which I think is up probably like one sixty. So, oops. Um. It's at least long as, like, the Clue movie. Oh, 88 minutes? You mean the legally Wait, allowable what? length for a movie to be to be called a movie? What? Yeah, I might be wrong on the actu- actual figure, but there is a certain number of minutes where it's not a movie, it's a short, if it falls below that line. And I believe I think it's the Love Guru minutes. is 84 minutes. <laughs> well, the Love Guru is right on the line, then. Whatever it is. Maybe it's 80 minutes. Oh, it's on several lines, and it crosses every single one of them in the worst way. Mm -hmm. Speaking of a year ago and and, uh, being in uncertain times, remember watching Vern Troyer as a a little uh, Bedouin smoke (sighs) a hookah and fall backwards? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of the times I cried in the last year. So if that gives anyone any indication (laughs) to my mental health, you're welcome. Okay, episode 100 over. Bye.